Welcome to the Hello CEO podcast, the show that is going to propel your business forward one week at a time by putting you back in the CEO chair where you belong. I'm your host, Alora Rochelle, and in two years, I built a successful six-figure wedding photography business, and I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it. My style is giving it to you just like a business coach, straight, raw, and real. So if you're a photographer, creative, or business owner looking to market, grow, and scale your business fast, keep listening, tag me on Instagram stories that you're listening, and let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by The Wedding CEO, a six-month coaching program designed to teach photographers to grow and scale their business to six figures and beyond. Want to know more? Go to allorerochelle.com slash apply. I'll see you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode on the Hello CEO podcast. It's me, your host, Alora. And today I know you probably already read the title and you're like, ooh, is this juicy? Is it something I want to listen to? I don't know, but I like to do every once in a while some things that I kind of wish I didn't do or things that I regret. Um, That way you guys don't have to struggle with the same things that I did. I think it's so important to learn from someone else's mistakes and that way you can kind of like take a shortcut and not have to go in the same direction that they went. So without further ado, um, this might be more of a mini-sode. I don't know. Maybe I'll go on a tangent. Maybe, maybe not. But the first thing that I regret investing in to my business was investing in things with the illusion of the freedom that it brings. So right now there's kind of like a gimmick of, I don't know if you've even seen passive income and kind of like, oh, you make money in your sleep. And um, it's really interesting to me because I fell for that like back in 2019 actually is when I first decided that I wanted to create a course, become an educator and just like shift my business in that direction because I was a mom and I was planning to have my second child and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do, you know, so many things at once and all also managing my kids and also managing photography and also having a life. (laughs) Is that an option in there? And so I bought into the whole vision and don't get me wrong. I think that there is passive income out there. I'm just going to say that like I teach it. I mean, I teach passive income, but passive income is not the illusion that it's sold to you. It is a lot of work in the beginning. Like it is a ton of work. Like just know that nothing in life is easy. Nothing in life is free. Money, especially, is not free. Like, I don't ever really get the money growing on trees symbolism kind of picture, but I know and I've learned that sometimes if it's too good to be true and it sounds crazy, it could be, probably is. So for years, I would kind of toy with the idea, do a lot of research, do a lot of research before I invest money into things because right now, courses are very... I don't know. Anyone can put one together and you'll spend so much money and be left not knowing a single thing, which will be my next regret. But first off, we're still on the illusion. So passive income, I have a little bit of a gripe with it because like I said, there's a lot of a lot of back end, but nobody sees that part. And that's why it looks like passive income. So to us, it looks like, oh, you make a purchase and this person makes X amount of money and they're a millionaire. Maybe, maybe not. But on the back end, There are a lot of things. There are marketing funnels. There is market research. There's probably ads. Maybe, maybe not. There's systems. There's workflows. There's somebody on the team. There's people handling customer service on the back end. There's people handling tech. 
And so there's so much of that work that if you don't have a team, you'll be doing that yourself. And that was something I learned. I did not have a team at the time. And I was like, passive income. Oh my gosh, it's for me. Rah, rah, rah. Not realizing that the people that were having these very successful businesses, I actually ran into the, well, I met the marketing director and project manager of one of these really, really popular photographer educators. And she basically gave me the tea on all of that. We actually got really close over COVID and it was kind of funny because I learned so much just with her friendship and just being able to like let her vent and eventually she started her own thing and so on and so forth. But I learned that what looks easy to us is actually quite complex. And also remember, sometimes people have a team um, and they're not doing it by themselves. Some people that are doing it by themselves, you know, it might be a little bit slower and that's okay. This like fast track success thing, I'm so over it. I'm so over it. I think it is okay to take your time on some things. I think it's okay to have a slow but amazing growth. Like for example, weddings. Some people get so upset if they're not booked Like, let's say, what is it, July right now? Some people are like, oh my gosh, I haven't booked like 10 weddings for 2023 yet. And I'm like, why do you need to do that? Like, let's let's dive into this. Let's explore this. Like, why do you need to book weddings for 2023 right now? People are like, oh, well, you know, it's just like that for sure income or just I need I just need to. It's like could be a validation thing. I don't know. Personally, I actually like to book less the next year. So I'm actually very, very selective on the weddings that I take on. Also, I am retiring. So that's beside the point. But previously, I would be more selective on the weddings that I take on because I knew by the end of this year, like, let's just say I'm booking weddings. I mean, I have booked weddings for 2023, but let's say by December. So let's just say by December of 2022, and you're like so bummed that you did not book for 2023 yet, your prices are probably going to increase. And if they're not, then you should. (laughs) And I have a lot of reasons why, but you can go ahead and scroll in the podcast and see the episodes I talked about pricing. But besides the fact that you feel like not a good photographer if you're not booking for the next year, well, one, that's great. Your demand is there, but also those clients that are booking you now are going to have right now prices unless you give them a 2023 pricing guide. So essentially what has happened in the past for me is like I would book, you know, 10 to 15 weddings for the next year at my lowest pricing. And then by the end of the year, I raise my prices slightly or so. And those new clients, the last minute clients will have to pay higher ticket price. And I actually preferred that over booking a bunch of weddings at a lower price. Now, there's a lot of ways you can avoid this in the future. But anyway, I don't know how I got on this tangent. and I don't know how to get off at this point. But in terms of investing in things for the illusion of freedom, it's it is what it is. Sometimes there's so much more going on in the back end. So there's that. So I just think it's really important to have keep that in mind. And then also like if you're in this place where you're still trying to be validated as a photographer, let's say you're so new and you're like, how do I even know that I'm good at my craft? How do I even know I'm a good marketer or even just good at what I do because people don't want to hire me? <sighs> There's so much more on the back end that needs to be done. Okay. Once again, off my soapbox, still don't know how I got on that topic, but the next thing, number two. The second thing I regret in my business was hiring someone based off of the opinion of one of their affiliates. And so without using names and specific titles, how do I do this? Um, My business coach recommended somebody that I work with. Actually, they recommended it to everyone. And I was like, oh, 
Uh, that's my coach. I trust them. Let me hire this person. And they were very overpriced for the customer service that was given. They were unreachable. All of my deadlines had to get pushed because they were kind of like the ringleader of a lot of things that I had launching and coming up. And I was like, man, I really trusted this person's opinion of, you know, this client or service or whatever. And I feel like I was really screwed over. <laughs> um, and so I've learned now not to blindly just take somebody's word for something and to actually hire them based off of like their results, their testimonials. And I'm just like slower to hire. I used to be very eager to hire because I'm like addicted to outsourcing. I don't know if I've done an episode on that, but I probably will in the future. <laughs> Hold me to it. But I'm addicted to outsourcing because I realize how much time I get back. So I'm like, oh, I'll outsource this. I'll outsource that. I'll outsource this. And now I have time, you know? And so at the time I had made this investment that I wasn't even sure of making, but because of the person that was saying, yes, hire this person. They're amazing. They'll be taken care of. Like they really pumped them up. They hyped them up. They sold them to me. I don't know if there was a kickback involved, but <clears throat> ugh, anyway, so yeah, I next time I now moving forward, I actually hire people based off of my own intuition, my own opinion, and I do a lot of research on them. And um, also like I like to listen to podcasts of people before I hire them, which I know not everybody does a podcast interview, but now I know why it's such a craze that like there's like, does anyone ever get emails from an automated service like so and so wants to be on your podcast? I do. I get them constantly. <laughs> and what I'm realizing is that people like to hear other people speak kind of helps seal the deal. Honestly, I just like talking and giving away free information, but hey, it works. It works, you know? And so for me, if I get to hear them talk about their expertise and hear about their experience, hear what they have and know that they know what they're talking about and they're not just charging five to 10K for a service just because they can, that helps me a ton in making my decision. So if you are in a new stage of your life where you're like, I really want to start outsourcing, I really want to start hiring a team or my first VA, Hire slowly and um, do your research, do multiple interviews because you just never know. And you don't want to have that feeling of, oh, I just wasted so much money on this investment and I wish I hadn't. I mean, of course, I'm not in the season of like regretting and lingering and writing journals about it or anything, but it would have saved me a lot of time and money if I'd hired someone else and had it done sooner, a year sooner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're moving on. Number three. The third thing I regret in my business was investing five figures in a program that delivered 5% of what it claims. This is actually what caused me to create my coaching program and make sure that it's robust, it's strategic, it's systemic, it's beautiful, it's visual, like all the things. I'm a freak about when I launch something and having it being the best that I can give, not necessarily better than my competition, but just like better than what I've seen and what I've personally experienced first off. And I, yeah, I was in a coaching program and I kind of wished a lot of things. I kind of wished that I was actually in a lot of coaching programs, but this one particular, I felt like was very just easy money for this person. They kind of took money from us. They showed up hardly. <laughs> and, um, like our community was very, just no one talked in it. None of us got to know each other. And there was like a lot of us in there. And luckily some of us on the side, you know, would do a help me post and people would reply and we're like, oh, hey, what are you doing? You want to like, you know, connect? Like luckily for that. But I think it's important like for my job as a coach to make sure that my students feel taken care of. And I know it's not my job, but also it's just like 
I don't know, it's important to me. I want people to feel like they belong somewhere and that this was meant for them. And if they can't get, you know, in touch with me right away, then like, you know, here's someone that could help you. The thing about a mastermind or a group coaching program is that the people inside of it make it worth that value. It's just, it's so invaluable to the student to learn from other people. And they're all in different stages of their life, different stages of their business. Maybe people have kids, maybe people don't, maybe they're considering it, you know, maybe they've already hit all these like monetarily benchmarks, or maybe they haven't yet. And they're aspiring to, maybe they've quit their nine to five, maybe they haven't yet. And so you guys like in this program or in this mastermind can push each other and you can learn from each other. That is invaluable to me. And so that was the value. The only real value I got from the program, because it turns out that I actually knew everything they were teaching me. <laughs> uh, but maybe that was my thing. Like maybe that had nothing to do with me. Maybe those people took away from it so much more than I did. But I personally feel like that 5% delivered was the little bit of the group members that I was able to talk to. So there's that. Um, the fourth thing I regret in my business was uh, not budgeting for business expenses and paying myself very little for a very long time. So I've probably had a bunch of podcasts about this where I say as, as business owners, we get involved and everything just becomes one, like your income, the business expenses, like everything's like probably in one account. You know, it's hard for you to separate and be like, oh, I need to pay myself like a business. Like, no, you just keep everything in one account and whatever's left over, you know, you take a couple change here and there and, you know, buy yourself a fancy pair of sneakers, right? I'm speaking from experience. I don't know anybody who's on the same level as me, but if you are, DM me, let me know I'm not alone. So I, for years, would just not it like I, everything was about business. Like whatever was left in the business expenses went to me, which wouldn't be very much because, you know, in the beginning of your business, it's not very profitable for a while. And you're just investing a lot and you're, you know, you're paying for a lot of equipment and of course, like the coaches and the courses and all the things. And then of course, getting legal and just the money seems to always slip away in the beginning. And so I got to a point in my business where I was like, I feel like I'm just not making money. And so now, you know, when I get paid, I separate them into multiple accounts and I, it's out of sight, out of mind. The best thing I've ever done for my business, like money management is chef's kiss. Truly. It's the secret to managing your money. Like if your money has nowhere to go, then it's going to get spent. It's going to get spent on something, whether it's for the business, not for the business, or if you're not tracking it, you're not being responsible. Money's just going to go and do whatever you want to do with it, unless it has somewhere to go. So now things are operating very differently for me. I do think I probably need to um, make another account just for like funny money, but hey, Number five, being so available that I have no idea, being so available that I had no idea who I was or what I was doing because I was just overwhelmed. This has actually caused me to schedule and structure my life and business by only planning events twice a week, if that. I used to let everyone and everything in my life control my schedule. And ever since I was like, I think 17 and I got 17, 18, got my first job. I started using, did I have Apple then? Maybe it was Google Cal. I don't know. It was so long ago, but I learned to have a calendar. Now my dad suggested to have a paper calendar and carry it around with you, but I'm like, ah, I hate paper. Then the internet created a Google calendar or some sort of calendar. And I would track everything on there. I would track my paydays and I would do recurring I would schedule brunch dates with friends. I would schedule mall dates with friends, I guess, in that case, because I didn't really go to brunch. I was just spending my money at the mall. <laughs> 
And everything that I had coming up was always on my schedule. So that habit was created like years ago. And I'm thankful for that. But what also, even though I had the schedule and the structure of my calendar, anytime somebody wanted to do something, I said, yeah, I'm free. If the calendar space was free, I'm like, well, technically I am. But I have learned, and this might be a post-COVID thing, that it's okay to not have anything happen on a day. Like something does not need to happen every day, every other day. And so I only plan social events or business events like twice a week. So if I'm hanging out with friends, that can only happen once or twice a week. And if I have like photo shoots, I only have two a week max. And I would prefer to have that including a wedding because I used to be like, oh, that's not including a wedding. That's like my third. It's a weekend. No, no. Like one a week is fine because I don't want to overextend myself and be burnt out and, you know, creativity is a cause of that and et cetera. So being in control of my schedule, being in control of my life, having boundaries, like I'm learning every single day, month, year, hour that being a CEO is so much more than just having a business. There's so many moving pieces. And this might be overwhelming if you're like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to do all those things. And like, you won't forever. But it's kind of important to know how things work, where everything's going in terms of money and expenses and budgeting, you know, and it's important to know that you can take control of your calendar. It's important to know how much money you have set aside for investments for the business and not spending every single nickel and dime you make on the business. And, you know, whether or not you should make this higher, maybe you should wait a second. Maybe you should be slow to hire and fast to fire. I think that's what the saying is. I don't know where I heard it from. Probably somewhere in the scouring sections of the internet. But anyway, I'm not leaving this on a note of, oh my gosh, I made these mistakes and I regret, I regret. I'm just making a simple statement of like, I wish I had not done this. And they all end in a positive note because, you know, now I invest in things slowly. I hire people slowly. Actually, I think my lesson is to take things slow. There it is. Um, don't invest high ticket in a program unless you really feel connected with the coach and teaching style, what they have to offer. Um, and you know, seeing what kind of support is available if you wanted it, or if you don't need support, you don't need coaching calls, then of course that doesn't matter. But just like kind of being more intentional and a little less impulsive. This sounds like my personal lesson now that I'm thinking about it, but also budgeting, making sure you know where things are going and, and your profit and loss statements, your cost of doing business. I don't know how many times I can stress that enough, but then also take control of your life calendar. Let's call it that your life calendar. How do business and life exist in your little business ecosystem. You know, are you completely spent on spending time socially with people? You'd rather be spending time with work because you have a project coming up. Well, then you can adjust those things. You can't complain about people all the time or complaining about work over time if you're not taking the steps to make that change. Now, this is for online business owners or, you know, entrepreneurs. Like if you have a nine to five, it's like your coworkers are your coworkers. It is what it is. Your boss is your boss. You just have to kind of like deal, which is fine for the time being, you know, but just kind of like learning from regrets, mistakes, they become lessons. And I have learned a lot. And I think because I'm so ambitious about things, it's caused me to slow down and think more instead of acting and then thinking later and then being like, well, got to cancel that. Got to fire this person. Got to stop investing. 
got to X, Y, and Z. So let me know if you can relate to any of these things that you regret in your business. And I will catch you in the following weeks on the next episode. Thanks so much for sticking to the end. And we have a lot of cool stuff coming up here pretty soon. I am just, ugh, I'm so excited for like the new Alora Rochelle coaching website and everything's going to be so just, ugh, great. I, I've been strategizing and, and working on this for so long with my designer and how many brand shoots? I mean, I've had so many. I'm done. I think, I think I'm going to like retire from the internet and whoever you see, the 2022 vision of me is who I'm going to be until 2040. So get used to it. <laughs> okay, maybe not, but still. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your week, loves. Bye. Hey, if you loved today's episode, I would love if you took a quick second to leave a rating and a five-star review. It truly means the world to me and helps spread the message to photographers just like you who want to go to the next level in their business. So if you're ready to grow your photography business, I want to take the time to invite you to apply to join The Wedding CEO. The Wedding CEO is my all-new online business coaching program for wedding photographers who are ready to grow and scale to six figures with ease. I'm talking an easy way to make 10K months and being able to grow something that will sustain your life and business until the test of time. Yes, we know everyone out there is a photographer, but with our three-part framework, you will never experience the market is saturated mindset that everyone seems to have. We want your business to stand out and it will, we promise. So this will be your chance to get coaching directly from me to help you create a strong business foundation that has meaning and supports your why. Most coaches don't teach this. Discover how to push back the mindset blocks that are holding you back from your success so that people only want to work with you specifically, how to execute a five-star luxury client experience that you hear so much about, and gain the confidence to sell to your clients on sales calls in an authentic, easy way. Did I also mention accepted applicants will get an exclusive invite to a private advanced training with me where I'll be sharing exactly how easy it is to make your first six figures. And trust me, you do not want to miss this. So go to allorachelle.com slash apply. I'll see you there.